He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams, Jim Woodward with you today, and we are talking Tiger Woods. He is back in action this week at the Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas. We'll get to our Hero preview after the break, but fellas, we heard from Tiger Woods today in his press conference. He said a lot of different things about a lot of different subjects, but I have to start off the show with this. They asked Tiger Woods if he thought that he could ever win again on the PGA Tour, and his answer Absolutely. T-Dub, what were your thoughts? Goosebumps is what it was. It was unbelievable to see how optimistic he was in this press conference. Something that I hadn't seen in a long time from Tiger was listening to him talk. You could tell that there's obviously still a lot of fatigue there, but at the same time, you could just tell he is very, very looking forward to the future that he has. And he truly does feel like that he can win again. And it's going to be a beautiful thing to see. But yeah, he talked about so much in this press conference. He truly did. Talking that he could, could potentially play one event a month. That is just truly unheard of from what we had seen in the last calendar year of what he's been enduring. So if that is truly what could happen, it would be a glorious sight for all us Tiger Woods fans. Says the ankle is pretty much pain-free, which is something that is a bit of a shock considering, like I just mentioned, everything that's occurred. But he does say that the other parts of the body are obviously taking a little bit of that strain. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe he has a setback in his back because we know that that baby's not 100%. And then even the things he talked about with the merger and how he just kept emphasizing December 31st. So in in Tiger's mind, there's going to be some pretty big news we hope that comes out within the next month or so, Woody, because with the way he's talking, if something doesn't get done by the end of the year, we're going to have some bigger issues that we hadn't really prognosticated at this point. You know, they've let it slip a little bit, guys, over this last few few weeks about that, Monahan turned down that possibility of somebody on the backside, the Fenway group. I, I know there's been others because he said he wanted to give this uh, Saudi deal a chance. So I think that's why Tiger's so animate towards this uh, December 31st. Um, I think we've talked about it. I think all along, I think that, that Tiger believes he could still play golf. If he says he thinks he can win, who am I to say he can't win? I'm not going to touch that one. Um, I am I am optimistic. I'm also pretty optimistic that the reason he kept mentioning December 31st so much, I think it's going to be a birthday present for him. I think the Saudi thing will fail. Uh, I don't think they'll get this deal done. I think Tiger will swing around on the backside with either this Fenway group or some group. And Tiger Woods, all along, why did he not like Liv? Why was he against Liv so much? He wants a piece of the pie, and the pie is the PGA Tour, and I think that's why he's so excited about December 31st because it's his birthday, and this thing's going to fail, and he's going to swoop in and, I guess, become more wealthy than he already is. So uh, kudos to him. He pulls it all off. It could definitely happen that way, Woody. Uh, and to be clear to all the listeners, Woody is talking about 
the merger failing, not Liv failing. He's saying that they're not going to come to yeah. an agreement and Tiger's going to swoop in and be the hero. It could definitely work out that way. We'll talk more about that aspect of what Tiger Woods talked about but I want to address this first. It was announced this morning that Rob McNamara, Robbie Mack, Tiger's longtime friend, practice partner, also the vice president of TGR, is going to be Tiger Woods' new caddy. And we kind of expected that it would probably be someone in-house, at least for this Hero World Challenge. We thought it could either be Charlie. We thought it could be... Robbie Mack. We also thought it could be Joey LaCava's son. Someone in that inner circle that not many people are in when talking about Tiger Woods. I do not think this is a long-time solution for Tiger Woods. I would assume if he does play some good golf, we talked about this last week, that he might have more options as far as, you know, a good caddy leaving a good bag to go to Tiger Woods. But right now he needs to prove that he can, you know, finish 72 holes and play once a month and things like that before a great caddy is going to leave a bag that he's on every single week, making him money after money after money, week in, week out. T-Dub, what were your thoughts on Robbie Mack caddying for Tiger Woods, at least this week at the Hero? I agree with your your point there, Sam. I think that this isn't a long-term solution at all. I think this was, hey, it's a 20-man field down at Tiger's event. And so, yeah, it's a much more laid-back atmosphere playing with JT in the first round. So, yeah, it's, it's a perfect time to throw in and his lifelong friend in there and let them do their thing. But yeah, so what he, the question still is who's going to be his caddy going forward, especially if he plays as much as he does. That question has not been answered yet. And I do think that if you if you are on a big-time bag and you hear the prospect of Tiger playing 12 events a year, the greatest golfer of all time, you would potentially be more open to it than you were a week ago for sure. Oh, yeah, because if he does that, guys, he can also, that tells me, He's going to gear up and play some of those Champions Tour events. And if he comes around the backside and becomes, I know I've been talking about it a little bit, but my owner of this deal, that's a big umbrella. That includes Corn Ferry. That includes Champions. That includes PGA Tour. If you're a member of one, you're a member of all of them. So I think that that would change a big in perspective of who he could maybe pull into caddy. You know, I said to Sam before you came on with us, T-Dub, I got to still see him walk 72 holes and be fresh. He says he can't. I'm not going to say he can't. I just got to, I want to see it, guys. Before I get really excited about this one that once a month and playing a lot of golf, you know, what do they, what do they, what do they always say? You do better walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. And this couldn't be any more <laughs> prevalent than, than right now. Walk the walk, Tiger. But let me see you walk. Then, then I'm all in. Hey, and Tiger said, quote, I can tell you this, that I don't have any of the pain that I had last year at Augusta. That surgery was a complete success. Um, He did go into detail in a different article a couple weeks ago talking about how he did have pain in other areas of his leg and his foot uh, from compensating from that ankle surgery. And I was on the radio today during this press conference, so I didn't watch it live. I've seen the quotes. I didn't hear any conversation about the back. Is there still back pain at times, especially is he able to practice as much as he wants to? I would assume that Tiger has been practicing quite a bit if he's hanging out with his son, Charlie, who's playing a full junior schedule during the summer. I would assume that Charlie's practicing a whole lot, and if Tiger's hanging out with Charlie, Tiger's probably practicing a whole lot if his body is up to it. Um, 
I agree with Woody. I want to see it, but I think Tiger would look extremely foolish if he weren't even able to finish 72 holes this week. I think him talking this confidently about the fact that he's going to be able to walk 72 holes at least on a monthly basis. Guys, if he can do that, then he can get to a point where he can play enough tournaments before these major championships to kind of get into a competitive groove and possibly be able to compete in one of these majors. He has five, six years-ish left of competing in major championships. He needs to get to a point where he can at least play, in my opinion, eight or nine events, you know, including the major championships, but four or five other events throughout the year to keep his game sharp if he's healthy enough to do that. That is going to be the All-American question because we need to put this just into perspective. Obviously, we know what he's dealt with here recently with the ankle and the car crash. But going back, he had a knee surgery in 2003. He had a messed up shoulder in 2006. He ruptured his ACL in 2007. And then he had the knee surgery in 2008. ACL repair in there as well. Had a neck injury in 2010. He had a back issue starting in 2014. He had five surgeries after that. And then as I just alluded to the car crash, you say anyone else that would do that, you'd say they wouldn't even be able to walk it. They'd be lucky to be alive having to deal with all that. And he's out here trying to compete at the highest level of professional golf at 40, going to be 48 years old. It's truly an unbelievable thing to see. It's one of the main reasons I look up to him, and it's a re- reason a lot of other people do. So, I, like you said, if the ankle is, is pain-free, what he says. I believe that, which is truly shocking, but I still believe him when he says that. And But so much of his other body is fatigued. But this is the one thing I'll, I'll say, Woody, is that I've been listening to Tiger Woods talk for 25 years, and that's I'm 30 years old. That's five-sixths of my life that I've been listening to him. And you can you listen to someone talk that long, you can tell by the tone of their voice how they're feeling. And I haven't heard him sound this optimistic in a very long time. I didn't hear him sound this optimistic when he was first trying to come back in 2017, 2018, when he eventually ended up winning the Tour Championship. And then the Masters, even leading up before that, he didn't sound this optimistic. So it's maybe he's just at a different place in his life while he sounds like that. And maybe he's just trying to have a different perspective. But I don't know. I, I truly believe that he, I believe that he truly believes that he can come back and do this. We haven't even talked about one thing that I think is kind of critical, too. He's cleaning up his life again also, where he doesn't have distractions, okay? And Tiger's really dangerous with no distractions. When he gets really focused on golf, he's 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 pretty tough. I don't care if he's crippled and 48 years old. He's still Tiger Woods, so... Um, he just seems like he's like what you just said. I look at guys to Nemer, teed up, and his right now, he seems as uh, passive, comfortable, uh, just unconflicted. I mean, he is just seems like he's in a good frame of mind to start this year. So uh, that's why I'm excited about it. I just. Boy, I'm just, I'm scared, guys. I've just, we, we've gotten excited before and we haven't ended well. So I'm going to just kind of stay on the back burner. I'm going to let you two go nuts. And I'm going to say, boy, you guys were right on. And Woody, you're right. We have to pump the brakes a little bit because we got really fired up, you know, a couple years ago when he made the cut at Augusta and then he makes the cut 
at Southern Hills, and then the body breaks down on the weekend at Southern Hills, and then, you know, we see him in the Open Championship. He doesn't look the same. We see him at Augusta again last year, and he did not look the same. He looked about as bad as I've ever seen him. But the reason why I will never bet against Tiger Woods is this quote that he gave today. Quote, I love competing. I love playing. What drives me is I love to compete. There will come a point in time that I won't be able to win again. When that day comes, I'll walk. So I don't think that Tiger Woods is going to waste his time practicing, rehabbing, spending time away from Charlie, all of the stuff that goes into professional golf. I don't think he's going to waste his time doing all of those things to compete at a high level if he doesn't think he is able to win. I think that he believes, like T-Dub said, that he is going to win again on the PGA Tour. That's why I would never bet against him. But I also understand what Woody's saying about we haven't seen it in the past two years, and it's looked horrible. So... I'm somewhere in the middle, but I'm more on the optimistic side after listening to him today, but maybe he just gave me lip service today. (laughs) After listening to him today, fellas, I'm fired up about it. I think Tiger Woods can win again, given the right circumstances. I 100% agree with everything that y'all are saying, in all honesty, because at the end of the day, we do have to see it. We have to make sure that it is a lip service, but like I just alluded to earlier, the amount of confidence that I see him bringing in is is truly mind-blowing. But to even look at this on a deeper level, look at it from this way. If you gave, just look at the average person and everything that Tiger's been through with having his body break down, even all the scandalous stuff that he's had, even the DUI, just think about all that stuff. Almost going to be 48 years old. And he has more money, you know what to do with. It would be so easy to just go, you know, take Charlie to any golf course you want, you know, just take him around and then just live your life. Go to the Bahamas all the time. You travel the world. You could do whatever you wanted. Like, you would give anyone else that amount of money. That's what they do. And what does he want to do? He wants to come out and compete again, just as you alluded to with that quote. And that is another reason that I feel like that young kids, he obviously has his flaws, but young, I feel like young kids should definitely look up to Tiger from that aspect of he has everything at his fingertips, and yet he still wants to come out and grind and compete, Woody, and that's something that I really admire about. I'd rather have him on my Ryder Cup team right now than Patrick Cantley. Um, and again, what you're saying, that that's who he is. He's a winner. He was always a winner. And I'll just to end what I think of this whole situation, guys, if you think that Tiger had through, oh, the past three of the PGA Tour, whether it be Phil winning a PGA at 50 years old, um, and, you know, Tom Watson almost winning a British Open at 59 years old. Uh, Jack Nicholas winning the Masters at 46 years old. I don't know, besides Nicholas, that anybody is as good as what Tiger is. If he's healthy, he will dedicate himself far more than a young man will. And do not be surprised if he's healthy. I want to make sure he's healthy. He can really do this. I would almost go out on a limb and tell Traver, try it again. Because I think he could win a major if he's healthy. That would be he's that the greatest comeback of all time in the history of sports, topping his comeback in 2019, which, fellas, it seems like yesterday, but that was five years ago. And a lot of things have happened in the uh, in between those five years between 2019 and nearing uh, coming up on the 2024 PGA Tour season. 
Yeah, I will never bet against Tiger Woods. I just want to see it this week. Uh, so that brings me to my question, wrapping up about Tiger's golf game, and then we'll get to some other things that he talked about. But what do you guys think would be a successful week for Tiger Woods this week? Well, it's a good question because there's the game level that you have to look at and then the health level of it. So I think just getting through 72 holes and not showing the fatigue round after round that he would do because it was a classic staple the last two years for Tiger. He would look solid the oh. first round, look a little bit worse in the second, then look even worse in the third if he played, and then a lot of times he withdrew before the final round like he did at Southern Hills, unfortunately. And so he was struggling. You could just tell the body kept breaking down as the round went on. So hopefully that is something that we don't see. And you look at it, he's second to last analytically, I believe, for guys in the tournament. Or actually, uh, yeah, no, he's, I'm sorry, he's last in the field analytically, just below Lucas Glover on odds to win. So, look at it from that perspective, as long as he doesn't finish DFL, then that would be a solid week. But if he could somehow get in the top 15 out of 20 people in a field like this, because it's a very loaded field, I think that would be an accomplishment in my mind, Woody. I think it would be. I, I think, uh, you know, first and foremost, what we said, yeah, play 72 holes and still be as optimistic as you are before going into Tell me I'm still not hurting. Tell me I'm I'm all that in a bucket of chicken, okay? As far as his golf goes, I'm going to look for two things. One is how steady is he? What What's his short game? What is What is his whole golf game look like? Where is he missing right now? I'd also love to see out of these rounds that he plays, I'd like to see him go one time fairly deep meaning get it to five, six, seven under. He doesn't have to do it every round. That's un, that's unrealistic. I, he'd be winning the golf tournament if he does that, and I don't think he can do that yet. But give me at least one round where he goes below, okay? And that would open my eyes up to a lot of things also, okay? So that's what I'm looking for. We'll just see how it works. No doubt about it. I think first, a successful week is him playing 72 holes. Um, obviously, no cut this week, but next time we see Tiger possibly at you know a Riviera or you know the Players' Championship, whenever he plays next with a cut, obviously that will be the next success and uh, so on and so forth. But I agree with both of you guys when talking about I want to see him go low. I want to see uh, the short game be there. I want to see all these things, but this is step one talking about competitive golf. And so you guys know just as well as I know that there's a big difference between just going out and practicing with Charlie and playing in a PGA Tour event, different nerves, different feels, different pressure scenarios, and I want to see Tiger handle all of those. I don't want to see him putting it into a bunker like we saw at Riviera. You know, I, I want to see him on top of his game mentally, and I think a lot of the time that we've seen Tiger Woods in the past couple of years on the golf course – Yes, he wasn't looking the best physically, but he also was making mental mistakes that we've never seen Tiger Woods make, especially on the greens. You know, the putter has really hindered him ever since the car crash, and so when we have seen him on the course, and so uh, my point is he needs to get competitive rounds under his belt to be able to compete at an elite level like John Rons, Victor Hovlands, Rory McIlroy's do on a consistent basis. Those guys play week in and week out. Tiger can't just play five or six times a year and expect to compete with the best in the world. Uh, fellas, let's move on to another thing that Tiger Woods talked about, which was the Live PGA Tour merger. 
and Jay Monahan. He said, quote, I have faith in Jay Monahan, but that can't happen again. <laughs> so uh, basically saying that, yes, he has faith in Monahan going forward, but what happened cannot happen again. What were your thoughts on Tiger saying that, T-Dub? I thought it was pretty funny and all. And that shows where the game was at that point. That Tiger Woods, the best golfer, most influential golfer of all time, had no idea about it. That just it blows my mind that that is the case. And literally, not I haven't heard one player come out and say, "Oh yeah, I knew about that." Yeah, I had a little bit of saying that. No, that's not the case. And one thing that that transpired over the time that I don't think we alluded to enough is that on the PJ Tour policy board now. There used to be, a year ago, there was only four player directors, and now there's six, which outweighs the amount of uh, board members, which is five. So that is a monumental change, and I think that is something that may potentially, hopefully, give the players a lot more say in things going forward, and I think that's one of the things that Tiger seemed a little bit more, and he understands his role now in the game, I believe, because he knows that he needs to have a say in this, because things like could be harmful for golf because at the end of the day, Tiger looks at it as a business deal, and I agree with Woody. At some point, he's going to own the PGA Tour, but at the same time, he still loves golf. He values the tradition of the game, and that's something that he wants to uphold. And he feels like if he has a more bigger footprint in the game off the course, that that's going to help it a long way. So I feel, for the sake of golf, Woody, I feel confident that Tiger's uh, at least has a halfway hand on the steering wheel. You know what he said to my hand? I thought was kind of humorous. Um, I, I can tell you this. I'm, I'm guessing that the government owns the PGA Tour because I can only think of one type of individual that doesn't get fired for being as crummy at their job. I mean, just careless at their job as Jay Monahan has the last year and not get fired. He must work for the government because they're the only people who can get away with that. Uh, us in the regular world, if you stepped on yourself that many times, you know how fast they'd fire you? They'd fire you so quick it'd make your head spin. If he was an NFL football coach, would he still have a job, guys? Absolutely, absolutely not. No, I mean, absolutely not. Not a, not a not. chance. Not a chance. So whether he's got pictures of people with a goat or he's got something, I don't know what he has, but for this guy to kept his job is a travesty to the PGA Tour. It's not a positive thing to the PGA Tour. It shows me that they're still not in charge because they're weak. If, if if they were in charge, they would have fired this guy so quick and make your head spin. Well, so I, I still that's kind of one of those guys, things. They're not in charge. Th- that's one of those things that I took out of what Tiger said. He goes, I trust him now basically because, you know, he doesn't have all the power anymore. <laughs> we do, you know, I do. Well, uh, when I hear, when I hear Tiger saying, you know, I trust him going forward, but that can't happen again. That basically to me, that was Tiger saying, <laughs> Monahan works for us now, as opposed to what, yeah, why that's what would they you always want, said. Why would you want him working for you? Why would you want him working for you? I wouldn't. What has he done that would make you say, yeah, this is a guy I want to go forward with? Oh, jeez. I don't think anybody would. I don't think anybody would. That's I, I why I think, think that there's a good possibility that Monahan might even be gone by the end of the year. And that kind of brings well, us to our next subject uh, that Tiger talked about saying, talking about the murkiness of this PGA Tour live merger, said there's, quote, a lot of moving parts. He said also uh, here at the PGA Tour merging, you know, team golf, what is the best solution for all parties? It's just murky right now. And so basically, I don't know, there's a lot of different 
rumors going on, you know, other than this Tiger press conference over the week, we heard that John Rahm might be going to live, that Alan Shipnuck reported that Phil said that it's a done deal that Rahm is going to live. Phil came out and said that that's not true. I never said that about John Rahm. My point is, if a big player like that is thinking about going to live, then, you know, that even murkies the water even more. And so, fellas, I don't even know where to begin on that situation, but Tiger saying that there's still a possibility that that deal will get done, I think is, you know, good news that everyone's at least, at least what Tiger's saying to the media, this could be completely wrong behind closed doors, but it seems like both parties are at least trying to make some sort of merger happen in the weirdest merger in the history of sports. Yeah, both parties want this to happen for sure. PJ Tour wants the money and the and live in the Saudis. Want they they want a footprint in the game of golf like they do all the other sports. So yeah, I think that both sides want it to happen. But at the same time, you have each party wants their halfway wants their own best interest in it, and it's, you got to find that halfway medium line between those two parties. So yeah, it's there's a lot of moving parts to it. A lot of them you just alluded to. They're saying with the ROM deal, then you have just the fact that we only have a month left to get all this figured out. You have. Maybe there's past, obviously, beef there. Hopefully, we can figure that out. How are the live players going to come back to CJ Tour? So many things you're going to have to get figured out at the end of the day. And then how do you incorporate the team aspect? A lot of moving parts here, Woody, but a lot can get done in a month's time if both parties realize the severity of the situation. I think both of them do. I think they do, too. And I think if, if from all signals, it says if Brom does go, he wants format change. Now, that's 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 going to be a big deal. If if they go to 72 holes the way Rom wants them to, can you get the points then? Will the OWGR come through and say, okay, now you're part of it? Or if they aren't affiliated with the PGA Tour and a PGA Tour goes a different route and uh, lives left out just the way it's always been, stealing a guy like John Rom is huge because that that's a big, big guy to take off that PGA Tour. So, you know, golly, wouldn't you love to be a mouse in a room to hear all this stuff just to see where it's going to end up? But I don't know. There's there's a lot of positives that come out of this, guys, but there could be some real negatives. If these guys don't figure this deal out in the next thirty days, then we're going to have we're going to have some some really um, uneasy levels of golf, for a better way of saying it, coming in the next couple of years. I think if Liv and PGA Tour could get along and be apart, that that was going to work out great. If they're still going to be apart from one another and they keep stealing people like John Rahm, it's going to get ugly. Yeah, it could get ugly quick. But, fellas, I mean, it was back in the summertime that they announced the you know merger, the framework agreement, all that stuff. When that leak, it leaked early, the – interview between Yasser and Jay Monahan, all of that came out months ago and we're sitting here months later and I feel like there's more questions than we even had back then. Yeah, it could get ugly quick. If a guy like Rom goes to live, then I mean, why does live even need to pay for 25% of the PGA tour? Because then at that point, you're looking at maybe, you know, 55% PGA Tour, you know, 45% live. They're about equal if Rom goes to live. There's, like I said, there are a lot more questions now, it feels like, than even back then. Just the fact that 
so much has not gotten answered about it. Maybe we still had the same questions back then, and it was so overwhelming that we didn't even have time to process all the questions. And as we get moving here, you're like, okay, yeah, we need to get that figured out. We need to get this figured out. Oh, shit, yeah, now we got to get this part figured out. It's unbelievable, everything that's going on. And I want to see what happens if this doesn't get done, as you alluded to. What if Rom goes? What if they get more players? Because at the end of the day, guys, we know the PGA Tour is going to struggle if they keep losing even more of these top guys. And at the end of the day, if that's the case, it's going to be hard for them to keep paying as many purses as they are. So, yeah, and maybe the Saudis just want to say, hey, screw it. We'll just give it a few more years and then get it figured out if we can't get a deal. And then they'll overtake the game of golf, and then Tiger Woods could come in, step in, and be the saving grace as well, potentially. So the future of golf is so unpredictable at this point. Whenever you have the uncertainty, the fear of uncertainty, you always think of what is the worst-case scenario. But just the faith that I have, and that's one thing that's powering me, is the faith that the game will prosper where it needs to go. I think that that's what's carrying my thoughts at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, it could go one of two ways. And it's either going to be good or bad. And I sure as hell hope it isn't bad. Well, isn't it funny that we're right around Thanksgiving time? Because I've said this quote before and I'll say it again. You know, if the pilgrims would have seen a cat before they saw a turkey, what would we have had for Thanksgiving? <laughs> it's ifs and buts and <laughs> if this and if that, guys. We don't know. It's one big circus. And when you have a three-ring circus, Barman Bailey said that there's a fool born every day. Somebody will come along. So I don't know where this is going to end up, but if they don't figure it out each month, each year that goes by and we're still this dissected is not good for the game of golf, I don't think. I like what Liv's done. I like where the PGA Tour is kind of trying to go. But boy, we got to figure this deal out. We got to all get along, okay? Let's we're, see if they figure it out. But I don't know where it's going to be, guys, because that's these ifs, just like you were saying. And we don't know those ifs. And if you're asking my opinion, guys, I think that it's inevitable that everyone is going to have to get along and everyone is going to have to play together, talking about top PGA Tour pros playing together on a more regular basis because what have we done this entire time with Liv and PGA Tour? This whole story, we've followed the money. And where is the most money? It's if these guys play together on a more consistent basis. They're going to have to figure it out, figure out who gets what portion of the pie and go forward. But eventually, they're going to be leaving so much money on the table by not having these guys compete together on a more regular basis than four times a year that eventually they're going to have to have cooler heads prevail and everyone's got to get along and reunite both tours. Um, fellas, let's go hey, ahead. Sam. Yeah, go Sam, ahead. But you have anything one to, thing, add, Sam, to add to that? It, yeah, just to add this. Sam, we're not even getting them in the four majors. We didn't have Taylor Gooch in majors right. this year. No, and that's okay, going to be another aspect. Yeah, that's going to be another we, aspect we, of this. After the break, we're yeah, about we, to talk how – after the break here, I'll give a teaser. We're going to talk about the Hero World Challenge getting official world golf ranking points in a limited field no-cut event. Hello. <laughs> I mean, it's wrong. I mean, there's so many um, – 
hypocritical things in the game of golf right now. And it's and people from the outside, I had a person tweet at me this week who's a casual golf fan and just say, when did this sport become so corrupt? And to be honest, it's one side was trying to hold power while the other side was trying to make changes that were for the better of the game, guaranteed money in the game of golf. Now we have all this guaranteed money in the game of golf. And now let's actually put the right rules and right regulations in place to get all of these guys back together again, T-Dub. Oh, 100%. It's so funny to think about what happened on June 6th, the announcement. Think about the what did happened the year before that and all the different talking points that we would have to consider. Then all of a sudden, a lot of them vanished with the merger because it's like one side got proven right, one side got proven wrong. So now we knew at the end of the day, that that was going to happen, but now we have no absolutely no clue what's going to happen. But like you said, Sam, I do think that that is something that is inevitable. It's just going to be a matter of how long it takes for that to happen and what are the consequences between now and then of all the players coming back together and playing a full schedule all on the same turf. What is going to happen between now and then? The damages could be severe. They could be minute, and it could end up being prosperous, and the game could be better than it's ever been a decade from now or even in the next few years. And that's one thing. To note as well, we keep Tiger Cat mentioned December 31st. It's not like 2024, all this is going to change. We'll just may have figured out some stuff by then. I would say 2025 would have to be the earliest that any of this would actually change how the game of golf has been played over the last year or two since Liv uh, emerged. It would be essentially the same thing until about that time. No doubt about it, fellas. Let's go ahead and hit a break here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. After the break, we're talking Hero World Challenge. If there is one positive thing in the world of golf right now, it's that we do have the GOAT back. Tiger Woods is back in action this week in the Bahamas. We'll break down the Hero World Challenge after the break here on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the 73rd Hole Podcast. Hey everyone, T-Dub here. I want to take a second to tell you about my good friends at McCray Roofing. Not too long ago, my roof was in desperate need of repair. There was extensive hail damage and I had many leaks that needed attention. Not only did Jeff and his staff build me a new roof, but they walked me through step-by-step of the claims process, which is something that I was very, very concerned about. Everything from the initial inspection of the roof to analyze all the damage to meeting with the insurance adjuster to make sure they were aware of every damaged area, making sure my claim was accurate. Their custom copper creations are truly beautiful and add a great touch to any roof. Not only do they do residential roofs, but they have an elite list of commercial customers, including Gallardia Country Club, Oak Tree National, and Bass Pro Shops. Check out their website at mccrayroofing.com to view some of their work yourself and give them a call at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Other side of the break here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Go to golfoklahoma.org and get all of your local golf news. Kim McLeod, Chris Swafford doing a great job up in Tulsa. And you can read uh, articles on people like Victor Hovland, the defending champ here at the Hero World Challenge on golfoklahoma.org throughout the year. Get all of your Oklahoma golf news from Kim McLeod and Chris Swafford up in Tulsa, golfoklahoma.org. Um, fellas, 
Tiger Woods Hero World Challenge will get official world golf ranking points. Not just the top few guys getting official world golf ranking points. All 20 guys are going to get official world golf ranking points. And the winner of the Hero World Challenge this year will receive $1 million. Runner-up will receive $375,000, third, $225,000, so on and so forth. Um, T-Dub, what are your thoughts on this limited field, no-cut event, playing for a million dollars, receiving official World Golf ranking points? It seems very similar to a different format. What's so funny, I remember when it first transpired where this did get points was, I can't remember the exact time frame, but I remember the emotion when it happened, and that that was back when that was a conspiracy that World Ranking Points was. Should this tournament get World Ranking Points? And at the end of the day, should it or should it not at the time? Because it was Tiger Woods, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it. It gets more players to come play. So at the time, I wasn't going to be hypocritical. But at the same time, for the whole time, I've been advocating for Liv to get points. So, yeah, it's it's all a messed up process, Woody. But at the end of the day, the, the system's such a joke. It really doesn't matter if these guys are getting points or not. Because it's also, too, all of these players are going to be in next year's majors because they're all world-class players, 20 of the best golfers in the world. So I don't necessarily have a big problem with that. And I'm excited to see how it pans out because, as I just mentioned, they're all great players, and the GOAT is playing. Will Zalatoris is coming back as well. He's playing with Jordan Spieth in the first round. So there's a lot of things to, to watch in this tournament, Woody, and that's a good thing to have at the end of November, start of December. I think for sure it gives us something to watch on a cold weekend, maybe. Uh, I think the, the points are kind of mute, like what you said. I think all these guys are already so high up on points, except for Tiger. Tiger could win it and go from – somebody said he'd be – well outside the 1,000 mark and jump all the way to like 130th or something. So wouldn't that be interesting? But I think that, oh, the hypocrisy, we can't even go there because it, it is so flagrant. It, it, it's not even worth talking about. So we'll see how this ends up. Uh, you know, the rich get richer is what they say, and that, whether it be points or money. So everybody's finding this going to do pretty good. No doubt about it. And I do think that the Hero World Challenge should get official World Golf ranking points. I just also think that Liv should obviously get official World Golf ranking points if you're going to give the Hero official World Golf ranking points. We could go on and on about the hypocrisy of the whole situation, but we don't have time to do that today. What we do have time to do is go through some of these tea times. It's in the Bahamas, one hour ahead of us here in Oklahoma. Um, Brian Harmon and Lucas Glover at 10.46 Eastern time. You got Cam Young and Sepp Straka, Tony Finau, Wyndham Clark, Keegan Bradley, Ricky Fowler, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Justin Rose. Sam Burns, Scotty Scheffler, Tiger, like we said, is playing with Justin Thomas. Jason Day playing with Colin Morikawa, Will Zalatoris and Jordan Spieth, and Max Homa and Victor Hovland, T-Dub, what are your thoughts on the top five favorites for this event, which are Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Max Homa, and Matthew Fitzpatrick? Does the winner come out of those five? Well, considering it's 25% of the field and it's five of the best players, I might as well go ahead <laughs> and take that. And also, considering the fact that Victor Hovland's a two-time defending champion and Scheffler's been a second the last two years, so I'm probably going to ride with those two. I think that those I would be shocked if both of them aren't up close to the top five. I mean, who knows, actually, at the end of the day, because who, who knows where your game's going to be at this time of year. Everyone's been relaxed and enjoying 
the offseason because the season now is long. And so, especially after the Ryder Cup, so who knows how much practice and stuff they've been getting in as well. Morikawa won at the Zozo a little bit ago. Just, uh, yeah, what was that, about a month or so, month and a half. So he's maybe – but a lot, a lot of things can happen in your game between that amount. So, yeah, a lot of unpredictability here. I'll go ahead and go with those top few. And then, like I mentioned earlier, everyone talks about Tiger coming back. Will's Alatoris coming back as well to see exactly how his back holds up, and then we know how atrociously bad that putter can be at times. So maybe we'll see a highlight reel or two of Willie Z absolutely yipping a three-footer. That would make for some pretty good entertainment. With <laughs> Man, that's cruel. Um, yeah, I think that that uh, those five you mentioned, I think they got a real good chance with it. The, the reason why I like Victor is because Victor, he doesn't really worry about Christmas, Thanksgiving. He doesn't really have a whole lot of uh, family meaning He's not married, doesn't have his own kids that all these other guys have got now. And they got they got a lot on their plate. So golf hadn't been that highlight reel for them. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if Victor wins again, guys. He's just playing too good. He really is. And last year when he won at the Hero, gained four and a half shots on the field per round. Obviously, we don't get the strokes gain putting around the greens approach off the tee at the hero world challenge. We just get strokes gain total, but four and a half shots per round is pretty impressive. Uh, from Victor Hovland loves this golf course. And recently, you know, he just finished tied for second at the DP world tour championship. He finished fifth at the BMW and obviously won the tour championship, the BMW. We could go on and on about Victor Hovland. Um, but I'm going to keep picking Victor Hovland until, until I use him in my one and done. But the one and done does not start until the century. So I might as well go ahead and pick our man Javi this week at the Hero World Challenge. Why not make it a three-peat, T-Dub? I definitely think the possibility of that is pretty high. As you mentioned, did play the DP World Tour Championship not too long ago, just a week and a half. So, yeah, it's, he's definitely going to be in rare form. And he's the type of guy, he's not going to take a whole lot off season. He just loves golf. He's got that Tiger competitor in him, and he just wants to keep on. He just loves it. He, he seems to enjoy every minute of it. So, yeah, I think that he's going to be a great pick to do it. Got a lot of U.S. Ryder Cup members. We know how Woody's felt about them ever since the Ryder Cup transpired. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe they're coming up to try to prove Woody wrong or if they've been – condoning what they did at the Ryder Cup and just sitting on their bed of money. So I don't know, Woody, what do you think about the U.S. Ryder Cup members' chances this week? Those guys are in my doghouse and won't get out. I'm, I'm telling you, there's about two or three of them that are now on my blacklist. They, I don't like them. I don't care what they shoot. Now you're trying to get me riled up, and I'm not going to do it. It's Thanksgiving. It's too good a time of year, and I'm a happy guy, and I'm not going to get riled up. Quit. <laughs> well, Woody, if it makes you feel better, your boys Shoffley and Cantlay aren't in the field, so maybe that helps a little. But they're about the only ones who are on the team that aren't playing. Well, that does help a little bit. I mean, they're my two main ones I don't like. So you're right. Okay, I'll be nice. But I'm saying Victor's going to win. I'm with you guys. Uh, speaking of some other guys up there, Max Homa did win recently at the Ned Bank Golf Championship on the DP World Tour. Last year at the Hero World Challenge, Max Homa didn't play well at all, finished 17th in the limited field no-cut event at the Hero last year. Justin Thomas finished 5th last year at the Hero World Challenge. He finished 4th in that Ned Bank Golf Championship, 5th, remember, back at the Fortinet Championship a few weeks ago. 
Um, what are your thoughts on some of these guys? Who do you think might be practicing more than other guys? Like, for instance, we always talk about Cam Smith loves to take his time off. We have no clue what he's going to do over the off season. But I feel like uh, Max Homa is similar to him. I can see him putting the clubs away for a while. But I feel like a guy like Justin Thomas uh, is very uh, motivated to have a better year than he had last year. He's probably practicing a little bit harder than some of these guys, and he finished fifth at the Hero last year. I kind of like Justin Thomas to have a really good week this week. There's a lot of things that could go into an offseason. As you said, JT is going to want to have a much better 2024 than he did 2023. But he has a lot riding on this endeavor. Then another aspect you have of it is some of these guys may be practicing, some of them more. But some guys, they could just pick up the clubs after a month off and they'll act like they haven't lost a groove. And some guys look like they never touched a club in their life when that happens. So if I'm going to look at it from that perspective, I want to take someone like Brian Harmon. I feel like he's got the perfect game to just, let's go hunting for the off season. Let's pick up the clubs uh, and then just see if we can punch it down the fairway and make a few putts. Because I guarantee he's not going to lose that putting stroke. So that's the guy I'm looking at, Woody, because he's got that type of demeanor where he doesn't necessarily have to grind all day to be an elite player. He'd be able to figure it out somehow. I think there's a couple of few guys to look at. You're right. He's a good one just to pick because he's been out in the woods hunting deer, hunting whatever he wants to hunt. So he really hasn't had any pressure on him. So he's going to be relaxed coming in. I look at Will Zaltoris because he's been hurt for a year. He needs to kind of be coming to get the dust off. I want to see what he does. I look at JT. I want JT to have a much better 24 than he had 23, but it wouldn't take much. It's not hard to fall out of a ditch. So, the other guy that we talked about briefly there is Spieth. Spieth's got to show me something in 24, guys. He he just has not shown me anything for a while. I mean, the last win he had was at the Heritage. That was not just last year, but two years ago. So, for a guy that had the world by the tail, winning majors, doing all he was doing, now he just seems like he just goes through the motions. I, I really want to see what he does. I agree with that, and obviously on the player advisory board now, how much time is that going to take away from Spieth's golf game? I guess we will see in 2024. One guy that has had a victory uh, recently at the Zozo Championship, that was Colin Morikawa. He finished sixth here at the Hero last year, uh, recently won, and last time he teed it up at the Zozo uh, Colin Morikawa looking to kind of have a better year similar to Justin Thomas. His depths weren't as low as Justin Thomas, but he still didn't play up to a two-time major champion caliber player in 23, T-Dub. What are your thoughts about Morikawa this weekend moving forward into 24? Well, he's finished sixth and fifth here the last two years, so I feel like that this is a course that sets up well for him. And it's going to be the story of his entire career, it's going to seem like, is how does he perform with the flat stick? He's going to hit, he's going to be so accurate off the tee that he, and he's hit it decently far enough to where he's going to be able to gain shots off the tee on a great basis. We know how great he is with the irons. And so it's going to come down to if he makes putts or not. And I've seen the putter, it doesn't just get a little bit cold. It gets ice cold from time to time. And that is a big, big problem that you do not want to have. So, yeah, I expect him to have a little bit better year coming up this following year than he did the year before. His short game improved for, um, in 2023 than in 2022, so that's a good sign uh, because if he does have an off week with the Iron Team, at least maybe we'll chip it close because the difference between chipping it to four feet, six feet analytically, especially for a putter like him, is dramatic. So, yeah, there's a lot of 
moving parts more cowboy at the end of the day, it's going to come down to how he performs with that flat stick, and that will probably be the story. He's 26 years old now. I'm sorry that I'm sure that will be the story when he's 56 weeks. <laughs> probably so. How many majors would he have had with a good flat stick? We'll never know. I, I, a guy I'm looking at, two guys that I want to see what he does this week is Lucas Glover. You know, he kind of got snubbed off that Ryder Cup team. He would have been a better player than some of those guys. Um, I want to see what he does. I want to see if he can ride through this 23 and build towards maybe have another great year next year. Um, Morikawa, you're right. He's going to stripe it. He's going to finish the top five probably. Um, that's a weird week, you know, because you just don't know how, how motivated they are. You'd think a million dollars would motivate you, but I don't know. Uh, I'm going to – I'm going to enjoy watching golf again with some high-level golf, especially Tiger playing again. So we'll uh, we'll see. But again, we we forgot one other event that Victor won leading up to this. That was the pro scratch at Oak Tree. That's a tough one to win, guys. Tough one to win. He was solid. That's right. So Shout out to Ian Davis. Don't forget that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fellas, uh, two guys that I do not like this week. Fade these two guys. First – Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler really got off to a hot start in 2023, but at the tail end of 2023, finished 42nd at the Scottish Open, 58th at the FedEx St. Jude, uh, and then played at the Zozo recently and finished tied for 64th, lost over a full shot per round to the field at the Zozo. I don't look for Ricky Fowler to have a great week this week. And then Tony Finau, Nine out of his last 11 events, Tony Finau has lost shots on the greens putting. And so, fellas, I do not look for Tony Finau or Ricky Fowler to have a very good week this week. Hopefully I'm wrong. It'll be an interesting case study for sure because both of them have tremendous course history here. Uh, Finau in the last last four times has gone 7th, 7th, 10th, and 2nd. And then Fowler has gone ninth, fifth win in 2018, 2017, he finished third, 2016, he finished third. I don't care remember what year they switched to this course, but nevertheless, he's played absolutely great in this tournament. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, thing to, to look at going forward. Is, is it more a course history thing or is it more uh, how you've played over the last couple of months? Thing? So that, that's going to be an interesting thing to look at. Which one would I say? I would say probably one of them will play good and the other one will play bad. That would be my opinion. Which one it'll be? Uh, flip a coin and we'll figure it out. You know, guys, we haven't even talked about Scheffler, Scotty, uh, because all we dwelled on was how bad he putted. Uh, he was still one of the best ball trackers ever. So he's going to be another question mark. I just got all about him, to be honest with you. I don't know what you guys think, but I'll be interested to see what his putting stroke looks like. Me too. I mean, last year, Woody, it was – an all-time ball striking year, like almost to Tiger Woods prime level ball striking from Scotty Scheffler, and the putter let him down. And we haven't seen him tee it up, obviously, since the Ryder Cup, but really in an individual tournament since the Tour Championship. And Scotty Scheffler, in his last six events leading up to the Tour Championship, lost shots on the greens putting and it really let him down all year, and then he didn't hit the ball quite as well in the playoffs, especially, um, or even before the playoffs at the Open Championship. And so, fellas, he cannot sustain those types of top five, ten, 
finishes and that streak of top 12 finishes for Scotty Scheffler was just ridiculous last year. He can't sustain that if he is putting the way that he did last year. Last year's ball striking was a bigger anomaly than his putting even was. Now, what's so funny about it, too, is he turned pro in 2020. And every year up until last one, he had he had progressively got better on the greens. He had gained. He had never lost strokes gained a year since he turned pro in 2020. But the first year was just a little bit over. Then he got about a tenth of a shot better. Then he got another tenth of a shot better. And then he went from gaining about a quarter of a shot around on the greens in 2022 to losing a quarter of a shot on the greens in 2023. That's half a shot around on the greens. That's crazy to see that amount of drop-off. So what will happen over the long course of his career? I think both will kind of recess to the mean where the, the approach game will get will still always be really good, but it's not going to be near as good as it was in 2023 because it was – legendary on a lot of levels and the putting can't be as bad as it was last year you wouldn't think for someone who really wasn't that horrible of a putter when he first came out so the question you have to have is which one is going to regress first is it going to or which one is going to change course first is the putting going to get a little bit better while the ball striking is still super hot or is the uh, iron play going to get a little bit worse when the putter is bad and if that's the case for Scheffler he's not going to be out here grinding for his card or anything like that but he's not going to be finishing top 20 like he is every week. Look at his finishes, and you think that he's playing in 20-man fields every week because there's, he's finishing top five every time. It's just absolutely crazy. But what will happen this week, it's going to be like clockwork what we saw all year. He's going to finish top five. He's going to hit 75 80% of greens, and he's going to lose about half a shot on the greens, and you're going to watch him on the back nine on Sunday, and he's going to miss every 8- to 12-footer he looks at. It's going to, I, I would be shocked if that's not what happens. <laughs> well, one thing for sure, if he puts as bad as he did last year, I'm, I know it sounds crazy, but he won't be playing the PGA Tour for very much longer. You can't putt that bad and play out there. I don't care how good you hit it at some point. You can't keep hitting it that good. You putt that bad, you can't play golf for a living when you putt that bad. No, you're right on the money, and you're not exaggerating. I mean, he was 250th. I mean, I think he was actually higher than that, like 253rd in the data golf strokes gain putting rankings, fellas. I mean... <laughs> to me, yes, I do think that Scotty Scheffler is still going to contend in golf tournaments, but my point is the consistency that he was contending in golf tournaments last year, top five after top five after top ten, you cannot be that consistent putting as consistently bad as Scotty Scheffler was unless you are hitting it like Tiger Woods in his prime, which he was. So I would, you ask the question, which one, which way is it going to go, T-Dub? I would venture, if I had to bet on it, I would say that the putting is going to still be marginal and the ball striking is, it's got to come down from Tiger Woods' prime level ball striking eventually. Well, you got to think too. One thing we need to consider, we keep talking about the year the game too. He's because he hits the ball a long ways. He's not like Rory distance long, but he also hits the average amount of fairways. So he's been the putting back. So you're going to take someone who's basically been top five in all in three of the four major categories of the game. You have to think. Well, maybe one of those will regress, but to think that all three of them would, that, it's going to be hard for me to see that. And as we alluded to, the putter has to turn around at some point. Surely he's going to have some figure. I get a little bit more comfortable. There is a side of it that we hadn't really considered. What if the putter gets worse? It got horribly worse last year, so it, the trend line is saying that this baby is not going to improve anytime soon. If you look at what has been the eye test, at least, that it keeps getting bad, bad, and bad. It's just you think that a world-class player is going fi- to get it figured out like they always do. 
The question is, will he just get it figured out a week or two, or will he get it figured out for the, his, the rest of at least a, a calendar year or so? Because if that's the case, he's going to have even better finishes than he did last year. And that's, that's saying something, because as horrible as it was, he made a lot of money in 2023. What did Lee Trevino say one day, guys? Uh, one quote he said that was really funny. He said, uh, pros that putt for pars are like dogs that chase parked cars. They don't last long. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's exactly right. And so, Woody, my question to you is, over this offseason, what would you be working on Scotty Scheffler with? Where do you even begin to start with the putting? I would track down Ben Crenshaw, and I would take about, oh, I don't know, three or four days of just listening to him and teaching him how to putt. Because Crenshaw can teach anybody putt. He just has that demeanor. He's like Butch Harmon. He's like the, the putting whisperer. You know, they say Dave Stockton is, and they, they also said Brad Paxson. There's there's a lot of guys out there, but I would go I would go and pick Ben Crenshaw's brain if it was me because they're both Texas guys. So, um, you know, that's what I do. And if he doesn't want to do that, I guess what, what we've said all along, just – just try to free it up. Just quit trying so hard to fix something that's only minutely off. I mean, and I don't think it's his stroke, guys. I, when you talk about putting, you don't usually miss putts because your stroke has gotten really bad. It's your club face has gotten really bad. And when we say really bad, one degree open or closed at the point of impact Let's say it's a six-footer that's a straight-in putt, and you're one degree one way or the other, you're going to miss the putt, okay? The people just don't realize how difficult that is to find the putter to get square at the right point of impact, then to match your line. If you really study putting, guys, we're lucky we make anything. We're putting on an uneven surface. Yeah, I'm getting scared listening to you, Woody. Not perfect. <laughs> I do what? I said I'm getting scared just listening to you. You got to stop. Well, I'm not kidding you guys. If you really think about it, trying to make a 20 foot putt that breaks, you know, eight to ten inches, it's got to be the perfect speed. We're rolling across a surface that's not perfect. We're lucky. We make them at all. And and then we think, well, we ought to make all these. Well, we're morons. That, that's the worst thing you can do is think I'm supposed to make this putt. Give it your best shot and then don't worry about it. He's just gotten so brain warped right now with his putting. I'm not sure what to tell him. I'm really not other than to say, yeah, go just forget everything and just go back to when you're a kid. But. Well, one thing I want to say that looking at these analytics, Jim, that might be very telling. When he won the Masters in 2022, 10 of the 11 tournaments leading up to that, he had gained shots on the greens and gained a decent amount of shots on the greens. And let's remember what happened the last the last hole of that tournament where he four-putted. The last hole missed three putts inside of four feet or whatever it was. After the Masters that year, he lost strokes gains on the greens in nine of his next 12 tournaments after that. So to me, it, it could completely be a mental thing. He might have had an absolute mental breakdown on that hole, and it's really messed his putting up since then. It would not shock me one bit if that was the case. The only other thing that I would consider, because his, his stroke doesn't look any – I mean, it looks a little bit different. It looks slightly more tense, so that's something that you may want to consider. 
But it could be his eyes are fooling him. He may be looking at a completely different thing. Maybe he's not seeing the line like he were. Maybe he's a spot putter, and he's just looking a, a quarter of a dime off, which at this level could be everything. So there's a lot of things to consider here for Shepard. But just looking at the numbers there, I think there's something to him missing all those putts in the last hole Augusta when he won in 2022 because immediately after that and since that point, his putter has been ice cold. I mean ice cold. Hey, T-Dub, I'll tell you this. If that four putt on the last hole of Augusta has brain warped him and ruined him, let me have a four putt the last day at Augusta. And just so I win, I can go to Augusta anytime I want. I'll do that. I'll, I'll four putt the last hole. I'll win by whatever. And I'll never play golf again except at Augusta. And I'd be good. That's exactly right. I'll 12 putt the last hole do that, Woody. <laughs> yeah, all of us would. Woody, I was going to ask you this before we end the show here. I want to ask you this because these players, some of these guys are kind of, you know, picking the clubs back up again. Obviously, they practiced, you know, last week, the week before. But a lot of those guys, you know, they like to put the clubs away for a long time. And our listeners, now that we're entering wintertime, are only going to get to play here and there when the weather's nice. What are some of the things for our listeners to focus on from a teacher's perspective when you are, you know, just picking the clubs up for the first time in a, in a few weeks? Well, we've discussed this a little bit. Where You, you want to go to your basics. Make sure you, you know, at least set up to the golf ball pretty good so that your angles are fairly well you know sam you and i talked about that before the pro scratch how bad you can get on a setup and if your setup's bad usually your swing's going to be bad because you're compensating a bad setup so i would really tell people to do that the other thing bear in mind guys this time of year the temperatures outside are going to be cold i mean they're not you know if you get a 50 degree day you're thinking wow this is balmy let's go for it your body does not respond as well when it's 50 whether it's age or temperature, okay? So, you know, that 8-iron is not going to go like it was. And that driver is not going to go like it was. So when you go to play this time of year or practice, I would tell everybody have absolutely no even thoughts of, of working on anything or thinking about anything. I would just try to just, you know, get out there, Make some swings, keep yourself loose, keep playing a little bit of golf, and just kind of stay as best you can on top of it until spring gets here, and then you can then you can start grinding. Right now, do not grind; you're going to waste your time. T Dub, you got any things that people can work on in the winter time? Yeah, a few things that I like to focus on, and what he hit on a massive one, and probably the most important one, in my opinion, is focus on your setup. Go back to the basics. Even Jack Nicklaus said he'd do that every year. Start of the year, he would go back to the 100% fundamentals all the way down to the grip, making sure that that was right. So grip, alignment, ball position, check even, you know, check your shoulder alignment, check your hip alignment. If you can, if you have the option, get TPI tested for your body, see if you need to stretch certain muscles, especially when it's cold because your body gets so tight and it can cause a lot of injuries if that happens. So that would be something I'd recommend if you can, or if you, if you don't want to go that far, just try to stretch a little bit when you can so those so you don't cause more harm to the muscles. And also, to another point that was brought up, whenever you play when it's colder, the ball's going to go a decent amount shorter. So don't be thinking, oh, I'm going to try to gain a, a whole lot of distance in the winter. And then you're like, well, I'm hitting a 10 yards shorter. I'm doing what I'm doing isn't right. No, you're going to have to club up with your irons at, at least one, more than likely. If the temperature's below 55 degrees, whenever you play, you're going to have to club up at least one. Usually and the, the driver's going to go a lot shorter as well probably about 10 to 15 yards. So definitely take that 
in consideration. Then even on really cold days, if you're a 100% avid golfer, just go out in the yard and chip. Do things like that or set up a putting mat in your house and make sure that your stroke is right. Set up a mirror. That way you can look at, look at your putting setup. Make sure that it's right. Make sure your shoulders aren't tilted back or you might have too much weight on one side of your eye line maybe. So just check the 100% down to the basic fundamentals because if you don't have those things right whenever you want to play in your member guest or club championship, whatever it is coming up in the early spring, a lot of course don't have that, but a tournament along those lines, it's going to be a rough go because you're going to be fighting an uphill battle and you're going to be relying on a lot of luck at that point. That's not something you really want to do. You hit on what I would tell everybody. The winter time, all you're doing when you're playing golf is just trying to get outside because you've got cabin fever. Don't be working on too much of the, uh, what I'd call the statistics or the worrying about where your game is at that point. Just go out and enjoy it. And then when spring gets there, then you kind of focus in on, you know, working on a lot of things. No doubt. Go out and enjoy it. Everybody enjoy the golf this weekend, the Hero World Challenge. Scotty Scheffler, your favorite analytically this week. We all like Victor Hovland, and everybody is going to be excited to watch Tiger Woods in the Bahamas this weekend. T-Dub, thank you. Woody, thank you. This has been Sam Humphreys on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the 73rd Hole Podcast.